Welcome to Talking Not Ranting. My name is Alistair Field. And I'm Greg Smith. You've dropped in on our current topic series, The Struggle to Be a Good Manager. And today, our episode is The Sandbox. So let's set the stage. Greg and I have been friends for a long time. And uh, we just had a very in-depth conversation about technology because last week, Greg, we had a few technical problems. We did, and it's been good for so long. I don't know what's going on, whether it was internet, whether it was mic. Uh, now, it did start a little bumpy because you had me turn completely off. So that uh, it was a manual, a user error to begin with. Uh, but then there were some other things. So something was in the air. Yeah, we had one of those weeks. Yeah, I did start off by basically erasing you. But uh, I had like airplanes coming over my house. There's somebody out in the backyard next door banging away. Uh, my other laptop started buzzing at some point. It was a disaster, Greg. It took me like 20 minutes to get rid of a bunch of the sounds during editing. It was one of those weeks. Well, and it is a leaf blower season, uh, which is uh, the other thing which gets going quite often. And uh, you and I are on um, uh, one of the approaches to the airport. And, uh, you know, for the longest time, there weren't a lot of airplanes. Well, that is over with. You can see them stacked up at around 630 in the morning coming in. And and if the wind blows a certain way, they're turning right over top of my house, which isn't that far from your house. So uh, there's a bunch of stuff going on, Greg, that we're going to have to deal with. Yeah, I do think things are uh, definitely uh, reawakening, uh, whether it's the air airlines and or the uh, I was driving the other day and traffic uh, was was really, really busy. So you can see the return emerging. Yeah, it's funny though. I went down to the office last Friday for the people I'm working with. And uh, I was on the top level of the GO Transit train from Oakville to downtown Toronto. And there was four people on the top level on my car. Wow. Wow. Yeah. So still still a ways to go. Yeah. And, and when you got downtown, there's a, a fair number of people walking around. But where I work isn't that far from Union Station, from the train station. And it's an area that's there's so many condominiums. So most of the people walking around, I, I assume, probably live near there because they were all in the like 25 to 35 year range. And that, that seems to be people that populate that area. So uh, I, I think things are starting, but I, you know, certainly I expected a, a little bit more of a crowd going downtown. Hmm. So let's continue. Uh, Greg and I have been managers for a long time. We've both benefited from other people assisting us in our management development. In every episode, we're going to discuss the situation where we and others have missed the mark. We'll start at the perspective of the employee and then move on from there. And we're going to discuss how we have observed others successfully manage these situations. And we're always going to have an underlying theme of a good discussion. And I think, Greg, we're going to have a good discussion today. Yeah, I think so, too. This is a good, uh, good topic. Yeah, and this kind of came out of our discussion last week, and uh, it seemed like the logical thing to do is to continue on into this subject. Sounds good. So the sandbox. You're working on a team or in a department thinking about a lateral or someone would like to come on the team for experience, and you experience some or all of the following. Your manager doesn't want to talk about it and gets a little irritated. Your boss gives you the inner out response. Since you asked about an interesting lateral, your boss is cold and distant to you. Your boss isn't interested in bringing anyone into the team for experiencing it's too much work for a short or limited time. There are some gaps in the team that a short-term lateral would really help with. But no. 
How does this affect our relationships and the work environment, Greg? Well, you know, a lot of people these days are not necessarily looking for the upward trending growth. They want growth broadwise. And uh, if you aren't open to that, um, people will find other places that are. Uh, and uh, and if you're not open for for uh, giving people opportunities to grow and learn, um, they can also uh, end up getting what we call um, presenteeism, where they just show up on their jobs, but they're really not there. Um, you know, people do want challenge. People want growth. Uh, there's a small amount of people that don't want to move or try new things, but sometimes managers get really fearful. And I do get it's more complex if you have to retrain someone and that. But, you know, if you become known as a place that allows people to come on for short assignments, it's like everything else. You are uh, like uh, people get attracted to that and you become known as the place to go or you become known as a manager who gives someone the opportunity to go someplace else and learn and then come back. So uh, if you aren't open to this kind of scenario, you're going to lose good people uh, and, and people will eventually get frustrated, especially those that want to grow and learn. And we really all want to grow and learn. The other thing I would say is that, you know, what happens is, and this is happening even more in COVID, is silos get built up. And those silos can be really, really high walls. And they're usually driven by managers who aren't open to this cross area um, development opportunities. Yeah, I, I really like this topic because I've benefited from jumping around a little bit, but I've also been curtailed when somebody has not provided that opportunity or absolutely stopped me from going to do something. And so I've lived this on both sides and uh, I have 100% Greg benefited from jumping around and getting to work in a bunch of different places, getting to work with different people different technology, different subject matters. Uh, it is a really, really good thing. And I'm a huge proponent of it. But there's been a couple times, and it'll probably come out later on, where I have been curtailed and have not been very happy about the whole thing. So um, yeah, I think this is a good topic. And uh, probably a lot of people can relate to it, especially right now, as you said. Yeah, and you know what, and we've talked a lot in our podcast about, you know, the importance of the why. Uh, so sometimes you can't move and sometimes there is need, but, but often in, in, in your setup, you know, all of these were no, you know, they're not no because, or not right now because they are no, and they're kind of the blockers kind of situation that, uh, that get in the way. So sometimes, sometimes it doesn't work, but it, you know, no without a why is, uh, often results in buy. <laughs> Yeah, I like that. I like that. So let's get down to some common sense. What are some things as a manager to help deal with these situations? I think the first one is um, good people aren't your resource. They are important to the whole organization. I think, you know, that that fiefdom, that kind of silo thing, uh, Greg, happens. But the reality is, is, you know, you work for the organization, you work for the company. You don't necessarily are the property of one individual manager. Yeah, you know, we've been doing a lot of work these days around enterprise-wide mindset. 
and really helping people think about the broader perspective. And, and uh, that is, you, you can train people in it, but then you also have to look at your systems and processes. And, and sometimes the systems and processes, your reward systems and all those things can actually go against the intention of that one team approach, right? You might declare enterprise-wide, one team, whole organization approach, but you're rewarded based upon the success of your own department. And in, you know, so that's the other thing is often people have these constructs in place that, that, that actually go against creating opportunities across. So um, uh, it, it is, it begins with a mindset to your point of what's, what's best for the organization. Um, and, uh, and that's, that's a key first ingredient, I think. Yeah, the you know your department has a success measure of some sort, but the other part of this, I think that you know systematically causes some problems is if your organization is not hiring, and you let somebody go and work in another section for a little while, you might not get a backfill, even a temporary one. And so a lot of managers, you know, they're be, they're possessive because they know the organization in the, in the situation that they're they're in are not going to be you're not going to be allowed to hire anybody, even attempt to come in and, and do something. So that's not going to encourage you to want to give somebody an opportunity to go work with the other team because you're still going to have to do the same amount of work, but you're not, you're going to be down a person to get that work done. Yeah. Those are realities that happen for sure. Now, now still then um, even with those situations as a leader, how do you find creative solutions to allow those experiences? And so sometimes it's, you know, you're right. I mean, you know, you have to think about your whole team, beyond the individual need of the, the one person. That being said, this is where creative solutions come, can come into place. You know, almost informal uh, laterals, you know, where, you know, I'm gonna give you a day a week to go and shadow somebody, you know, going forward. Like, I can't do this right now, but what can I do to still be able to feed into your learning and growth while protecting not only my space, but everyone else on the team going forward? Do a tradesy. Yeah. And we have to remember, it's our job to encourage and facilitate growth and learning. And this is a really good way for people to get new skills, learn new technology, new learn new approaches. It's our job to do that, right? We talk about it every year at annual evaluations, right? What are your learning goals? I think most organizations do that. Well, this is one of the ways to deliver that. I've also found, you know, that that uh, this is so important along the value chain, whether it's who provides information to my team or where my team provides information. Like what's that value chain along the line? And who are my internal customers and who are my internal suppliers? And that's a really beautiful place to allow these cross-training opportunities because they actually then deeply understand and are able to bring great insights back to make your department your area more efficient and more effective. So, uh, you know, I think broader opportunities are great, but boy, close in ones uh, to help deepen understanding of the client needs and internal client needs is a, is a, it's a sweet opportunity. And you kind of hinted at this. Well, you didn't hint at it. You just said it right out right. If you don't address this, people will leave. Yeah, it's one of the reasons people stay in organizations these days, especially the younger folks, is it's about growth and learning. They also want to be recognized. They want to be paid for, for sure. Um, but however, if you can provide them growth and learning and you can tie it into where they're hoping to go to, 
uh, then it's really powerful. And if you don't, they will leave because there's a lot of opportunities right now. And uh, um, it's not just money that, that, that makes people move. Often it is growth and, and opportunities. And employees like to work with people in situations where there are obvious and helpful career paths. And, and we talked a little bit about this in the opening as well. It's much easier to hire somebody if they know that that manager, hey, that manager really puts a value on learning how to do things. And, and people that work for that manager get to do laterals and work on special projects. And, and that's what I'm kind of looking for. So I, that's, you know, I think as managers, as leaders, we have to remember that. Yeah, it's, it's part of a key role of a manager is to sit down and say, hey, what do you want? Where do you want to grow? You know, uh, what are you most interested in? Um, how does that fit into the success of the department? Having that conversation up front, how do we think about potential pathways? Have you thought about this? Having a really meaningful conversation around those pathways is so key because then it says, hey, this person really uh, is bought in to my success. And I, I'll be more willing to stay if I actually think my boss is proactively interested in and supportive of helping me achieve whatever my goals are. Yeah, it's interesting. You know, I've worked in a number of really big organizations and the managers that seem to be the most popular or sought after, um, besides being friendly and you, they, they can talk to people, but they're, they're people that value the people that work for them. And they do give people opportunities, not just to, you know, leave the team and go somewhere else, maybe one day a week or for a couple months, but they also welcome other people to come in, you know, even if it's a short term uh, situation to help out their team and, and everybody in every company knows who those people are. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, you know, as a leader, if the more you know what a person needs, the more then you can be keep your ears open and eyes open to different opportunities. And I have had uh, experiences where leaders have come to me and say, hey, Greg, I knew this is an area you're interested in. There's a project coming up um, that I've just heard about. Is this something you'd be interested in being a part of? And man, that felt so good. Because it told me that that person actually, it's not all just uh, lip service. It is actually, uh, they are actually thinking about me. And bring, even if I didn't want it, even if it, that wasn't the opportunity, it tells me that they uh, do care. And it might seem that protecting your position or your little sandbox is the right move, but it is short-sighted. Yeah. And, but to your point, it also is a real thing if you're in an organization where uh talks heavily about growth and opportunities but then doesn't allow you to replace that's a quandary man and i think this is a question we as managers or leaders have to ask ourselves would you take a similar situation without hesitation if it was offered to you i would yeah 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 exactly well it's, it's interesting um there's a few stories floating around. I think this is the right time for this story. But uh, I had been promoted and uh, out of a situation, went to another situation. And uh, after about a year there, it was obvious that the career path that I wanted to take would not be available to me there. Um, some of the positions I was interested in were um, they were in the firm hands of some more seasoned people than me. And they weren't uh, ready to move on or move to something else. So I, I went back to my original situation. 
And uh, I had to go and ask like a really big boss to come back. And uh, he was, you know, open arms. So I came back and I was back like maybe two months. And I get a call from a very specialized unit. Uh, would I be interested in coming to work for them? And I said, yes. And they said, we'll drive down and we'll have an interview right now. I had no time to prepare for like that. So I show up and uh, I nailed the interview, Greg. It was 100%. And the person that uh, was interviewing me had been on my promotional panel. So we already knew each other. So mm. it went really well. Mm. So anyways, you know, they said, listen, we're going to think about it. Uh, would you be interested if we have an opening for you? I went, absolutely, 100%. This is what I'd been training for my whole career. And so I went back to the station. Unbeknownst to me, they had called my big boss and asked for permission for me to transfer to their team. And this is the big boss that had made accommodations for me to come back two months previous. So mm. I was in the doghouse for about 10 months. He wouldn't talk to me. He did sign my transfer, but only if there was a suitable replacement. Now, that's a very subjective gauge. And I have certain abilities, but I have a lot of faults, Greg. And so that kind of subjective measure for replacement is, is you know, by definition, very hard. So about 10 months later, uh, they really needed to fill that position. So I withdrew my, my, uh, my transfer. And uh, uh, about two days later, him and I, myself and the big boss had a really good discussion. It was very straightforward. And about six weeks after that, I walked into a very nice situation within that area. So um, I've, I've, you know, when people are territorial, there's, there may be a reason. But uh, that big boss, who in the end I really respected, I ended up working for him a couple times. And he was, uh, once you kind of understand how he works, um, uh, there's some some stuff that you, you really do have to respect. But uh, anytime he got an opportunity, he went off. Yeah, and you know what? Sometimes you have to help, and we'll probably talk about this in the, in the employee side of it. Sometimes you have to help them see. Um, because sometimes it's hard for them to see, especially if they're going through something that's challenging and difficult. So sometimes you need to help them and you need to also, uh, ask the question, what does my manager need in this situation? If I see something that is really good, um, I need to say, well, how will my departure impact that? And then what solutions can I bring to the table that can help in that transition? So, you know, I think in that scenario, I'm sure we'll talk about that on the second half of the, the dialogue here is, so what can I do to help facilitate that move? Because sometimes it's hard. And if you can find and inform and bring ideas to the table to create the opportunity for yourself, bang on, that's great. Yeah, that situation was very unique because there was a bunch of ambushes in there. And it really wasn't well thought out. Uh, it was executed poorly. And as a result, there was some relationship issues going on. But uh, yeah, I agree 100%. Now, the next one is it's, it's so important to create an environment where people can grow, work together, and where other people want to come to. And this is something that I really like is that, you know, you know, you and I have both been managers or supervisors or whatever. And having creating an environment where people want to come and work for you and learn how to do stuff. Uh, you know, I've had a, a few occasions where somebody's come and says, listen, can we, uh, could, uh, we send Greg over to work with you for two months, free labor. Yeah, I'm in. Plus they get to learn something and they can do some stuff for us. Yeah. I'm 100% into that. I think it makes the organization better. The more that we understand, you know, different teams understand how they, each other works because they've traded people from time to time. It just makes things so much better. I, I agree. And, you know, this one I always love, you know, the, one of my favorite films 
was uh, feel dreams. If you build it, they will come. And is one of the favorite, my favorite phrases in that. And this one is, fits really well with this because, uh, you know, I remember when I was working with at Porter Airlines and Porter Airlines was a small, regional, cool, great brand um, airline in Canada out of Toronto and uh, amazing place. Uh, and we also knew that many of the folks that were coming through were on their way to the bigger planes because eventually they wanted to get to the international travel, uh, the bigger planes and that type of thing. So we actually designed a strategy that said, yes, we are going to be where people come to train, where people come to uh, build their skills and strengthen their skills. But they were with us then for four or five years and uh, we became known as a great place to come and learn and train. So people arrived that were enthusiastic. Um, and this wasn't just moving between different departments. This was actually a whole organization that kind of fit the attitude of come and join us. We'll train you. Um, and uh, that that will, that energy, that positiveness really brought to life the brand of Porter Airlines uh, and it was because it was a place to come to. Porter is my favorite airline, my friend. I bet you I've flown Porter like 50 to 100 times. And, you know, Porter is regional, but it does go to some big American cities. But I flew it within the province of Ontario to some very small market towns in some outreach that I'm doing. And I, I love the Porter. Like, they're so helpful. Oh, my goodness. I, you know, when we were picking places where we we're going to go, I said, make sure it's a Porter destination because... Uh, I've never, I've, I don't think I've ever had a bad situation with, with Porter, just great people. Uh, we often left early. We pushed early, Greg. Yeah. Well, you know what it, uh, I think part of it is the culture of come and learn and grow and be a part of this and celebrate when people move off to something else as well. So that's one part of it. There's many good things, um, that are part of the culture and what they're, they've been trying to continue and continue to create there, but that's one of them for sure. That's cool. A little bit of a plug there, favorite airline. Yeah. So as employees, there are a couple of things we can do to assist. Be open with your manager about opportunities and growth. I love to have that discussion. I think it's a really healthy thing. And it just, you know, as a manager, I would like to know if somebody, hey, I'd like to go over there if there's a chance just to to kind of expand my abilities and stuff. If I don't know that, and I'm in a discussion with other managers, um, I'm not gonna be able to help you. Yeah, I, I agree. So one is knowing. If you don't share your, your, your ambitions, where you wanna go, what you wanna learn, your interests, you can't expect anything to give uh, that. And the other thing I would say is that um, uh, create a, a space that that allows you to go so you know how do you train others how do you create really good documents of what you do so that someone can come in and actually assume your responsibilities like what do you do not only let them know but how how do you set it up so that um your boss feels more comfortable letting you go on to different opportunities so i i would add that to the first one let them know but then also prepare your space to make it easier for someone to take over, uh, even if it's just a short term. And wanting to grow and experience new opportunities is nothing to be ashamed of. I don't know how many times somebody would sheepishly kind of drift into my office, Greg, and, 
And then, you know, when the subject comes up that there's, you know, in another team or in another department, there's a, you know, there's an opportunity for a six months to comment. I go, oh no, come in, talk to me about it. No, I haven't heard about it. Come on. Yeah. Oh, wow. That's, I don't, I don't know. Let's for sure. Let's try to do that. And, you know, people often think that they're, you know, you're going to think that they're disloyal and all those things. And, and it's nothing to be ashamed of. It's a very healthy thing. Yeah. And I'm just thinking, you know, one of the things that's really important for an organization, this is kind of going back to both the manager, but maybe even broader to the organization is making sure you have a framework on how to do this well. Because I think sometimes what people get scared at about going into another role, transitioning into another department, is that they might get left there, uh, you know, they, they might stall somewhere. So it's, so it's really important to really think this through to say, how best do we create these environments? And if someone wants to go back, because not everybody's doing it to be promoted and going forward. Often, it's just, I want to go to learn and grow and widen my knowledge and my view uh, my perspective. Um, so just be thoughtful as a, as an organization when you're designing these things, how best do you do this? But because uh, if, if you create the way, the pathways and people see examples of people moving, then more people will raise their hands and say, hey, I want to do that too. And it'll be better for you overall because you're going to have a richer, more diverse perspective of, of views uh, by having people that move into different areas. Yeah, we probably should discuss this when uh, we were talking about the manager, but what you just said there just kind of brought it up to me. Uh, as a manager, we kind of have to preempt this as well and make sure that the people above us are okay with this stuff, that they feel comfortable with it, that they know these things are going to happen, that it's a healthy thing, and that we benefit from it. So I, I think as managers, we also, you know, we're responsible to people and we need to manage up on this topic as well so that when people do walk in our door and they say, what's the chance of this happening? And we go, oh, I think really good. And then you end up, you know, running it up the flagpole and you get just creamed for it. Um, so th this is something that everybody along the way has to understand it's good, that these things are going to happen and that they should happen. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And it's great if you can recommend your team to others looking for further experience, um, talk people up. It's, it's, you know, once people know that, you know, your team is a place that's open to other people coming in and helping out doing some of the work, but that where people can come and learn stuff and where we can understand each other, that is a really good thing. Yeah, no, if you get, if you get all your folks kind of looking at how do we best strengthen the team, who's out there, who would be a good person to kind of bring in and learn, that's a great internal uh, recruitment development strategy. And I've always... Um, I remember I was walking down the hall one day of, of a place I was working and this uh, younger employee who had been with us uh, for a couple months as part of a, uh, an experience thing uh, was walking down with a very senior person that in the area where they worked. And I basically went to them. I said, Hey, how's it going? Good. Hey, anytime you're ready, you can come back. And the person from uh, the other section, like senior to me goes, you can't do that. Listen, if I'm going to steal somebody, I'm going to do it right in front of you. I'm not going to do it behind your back. This is a really good person here. And as soon as he makes the call, anytime in the future, if he wants to come and work with us again, I'm 100% in. And it, it, it kind of got turned into a bit of a joke, but I wasn't joking. You know, the, there's good people out there and they could benefit our team. And if we can get them in for three months to have a little look at them and they can look at what we do and everybody can, you know, hey, this would be a good thing in the future. It's a great way to recruit people and strengthen the organization and bring the people in that we need. 
Yeah, yeah. And the best organizations do have that shared approach to talent. And it can be fun, you know, like, where do you want to work, you know, and, 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 and part of what draws people to go to one department or another is the culture that you've created in that environment. And I think I'm going to put the next two together because uh, they have the same word in them. Uh, we have to have in a healthy attitude towards this as employees, and we need to stand up for ourselves in a healthy way as well. We need to be communicative about this and to just let people know, you know, build up a case for why this is going to happen, get people to expect this at some point in the future. Very healthy attitude towards this is going to go a long way rather than just dropping bombs on people every once in a while. Yeah. And you know what, if, if, for some reason, your manager doesn't hear you, or if you um, you have asked a couple of times, then you know this is where that bravery, that courage comes into place. Is being able to just you just share that you know you're disappointed that you really want to grow, and you've asked a couple of times, and you I, I I want to understand what what would it need to take for me to be able to shift over into this other learning experience. You know, ask your boss, what would what do you need from me or what would make you more comfortable for me to be able to move into that role sooner? Whatever the organization are, uh, take the lead, um, but not in an angry sense, just in a gather facts, you know, it, uh, share facts. You know, I'm disappointed and this is what I really want to go. Um, you know, I haven't been able to move. I'm not sure why we've talked about this. Tell me what what would we need to have in place because I want to support this and while maintaining and supporting the existing team I'm in, what would it what would it need to be? Engage them in the conversation, and then you'd be surprised at what you can the pathways you can find. Yeah, I think you know surprise uh, shock is something that will work against you in these situations. So having good conversations, thought out conversations, uh, foreshadowing. Uh, expectations, all those things. It's just so healthy to get people thinking on the same page. Mm -hmm. I agree. And uh, don't be trapped. Um, I've been trapped before. Uh, didn't like it. Uh, lost a couple opportunities. Uh, in one situation, I made a change and I just moved to another, to another, another large group um, because I wasn't going to get any more experience and that I could see my life unfolding before me and I went, no, no, I'm, I'm out. I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to go to where I need to go. And if I have to start over a bit there, then so be it. But, uh, being trapped is not a good feeling. I've been there. It's not a healthy feeling. And so sometimes you might have to make a change or, and we've talked about this during a number of podcasts. Sometimes you have to leave, but I've been there. I understand what that feels like. I don't know about you, Greg, but uh, I did not like being trapped. I did not you know, I did not like seeing the next three to five, seven years and where there wasn't going to be movement towards areas that I was really interested in or experiences that I wanted to to get. And uh, I, I, I've made some uh, not drastic moves, but very solid moves to rectify that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, because sometimes uh, either either they can't or they won't um, move you into those opportunities. And sometimes you get to the place where if, if it's gone unheard, or if there, even if there is a really clear reason why they can't provide the opportunity, then you have a choice and you always have a choice. Um, and uh, if you've brought everything forward and there still isn't any movement and you still have a strong desire to do that, the choice is maybe start looking somewhere else for that opportunity. Yeah. And I like that distinction you made, won't and can't. 
And I appreciate the can't, I really do. And and in the situation I was just talking about then, I they couldn't, they just couldn't do it. And and that was fine. And, you know, we had a discussion, uh, there was a little bit of disappointment on the other side that I was leaving, but they certainly didn't stop me. And, and so that can't and won't are two very different scenarios, I think. Mm-hmm. And then when you do leave, leave well. Yes. You know, that's, that's all because you just never know what's, what's going to happen. So even if you're frustrated that they didn't make the move and you're going to go, I always say leave well, never leave, they never leave poorly because you just never know how things are going to, going to turn around and who you're going to be reporting to in the future. It's always, uh, I just heard recently where someone left really poorly and then uh, a year later uh, that same manager was hired by the first new company and uh they regretted how they left uh they had to move again because they just they're, they're just such a frazzled relationship because of what had happened um and so um leave well leave well and leaving well doesn't mean you're you're uh you know sucking up to somebody i mean you can leave well and say listen i'm sorry this didn't work out uh you know i know we we're both a little frustrated with this situation but I am thankful that that I've had the opportunity to work for you, and you know you you have to you have to be honest, but you you have to leave well at the same time, not you know you know not kicking and screaming and all these other things because uh, everybody will know that that's what happened, and that isn't mm-hmm. good for your reputation. It isn't good for your prospects in the future, and you really shouldn't be treating people like that anyway, no matter how they're treating you. Agreed. So, Greg wrap up yeah you know what i uh this is a thing of the future fluid roles you know uh some organizations call them lily pad development where people are moving around to different areas these are things that are here to stay um so this and and add on to it the talent shortages that we're all experiencing and we're hearing about um you got to be open to this um, and it's like anything else. If you build trust, it starts with knowing what people want and need. It starts, it's, it, it continues with having really honest discussions of what I can do now and what I can't do now and being flexible on finding creative solutions. Even if you can't go to the full opportunity, what they, what they might want and need. If people feel that you're actually making an effort, if people feel that you care for them, um, this can be much easier than you make it out to be. Um, it's when you get locked down and fearful and when you're not aware of what's going on that you will be caught with a surprise and you will end up with a bigger gap, uh, a hole in your team because people have just got fed up and leave, left. So uh, really, again, it comes down to relationship. It comes down to knowing and it becomes be- comes down to being flexible and finding creative solutions to give people growth opportunities, either on your team or on other teams um, uh, in, in, in your organization. That's cool. That's cool. You know, I understand why people want to protect their little sandbox or their silo, but uh, the best situations that I've worked in, and you've said some of this already here, you know, where there's just a good conversation where, you know, the managers have wanted you to succeed, to grow, to experience. And the people that understand that, because every one of them got a break at some point as well, had the opportunity to do things to gain skills and experience. 
And I, I think as managers, that's what we have to remember is that we've probably benefited from that as well and how important it is to, you know, allow people to develop into who they, they need to be and protecting the sandbox and, you know, keeping out people or keeping people in and trying to mastermind something, uh, you know, can end up uh, in a disaster of a sorts where people don't want to come and work for you, where people are leaving, where people are leaving to take lower jobs just to get away from you or the situation. It's just so important to have an healthy, healthy attitude towards this. And I am so thankful that I have, for the most part, benefited from the ability to move around and get experience. You know, if you look at my CV, I look like a problem child. But the reality is that I have always had the ability to move around. And um, I had some people early on in my careers where they said, you know, Alistair is so important to move around and get some experience. And I remember I was at a police station. Uh, I was just about to turn first class. So my three years of kind of training-ish type stuff was over. And it was obvious that there were no opportunities. Uh, I was by far the youngest person around. And there was no opportunities for specialized training for years. And uh, a senior supervisor, we sat down for my annual evaluation, which was, you know, me getting my first class status. And he just went to me, he goes, Alistair, get out of here. Go get some experience. Go downtown was what he actually told me to do. And I did. And, uh, you know, in my story, you know, that had a really happy ending because I left in August and by February I was in a fraud unit for a six month training rotation. Yeah, that's awesome. Being proactive. And that that is a beautiful description of knowing you, knowing where you're at, knowing what you needed and nudging you, you know, and nudging you to say, hey, here's what you want to do. You might have still said no. But how cool is that? As opposed to the opposite, the opposite is, you know, as a manager, the, the four responses you can get. The, the first one is one you should never do. And that's, uh, yeah, 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 we'll look at it. We'll look at it. No answer. That's not, a, that's not an answer. That, that is a response, but that's not a good one. The other three, what you can do is no, but here's why. Even if they're not happy, then at least they know why and they know you've thought about it. Um, the second, the, the, the third answer is not now, but here's what we need to do in order to give you the opportunity to do that. And then the fourth one, which is the good one, is yes, and let's make it happen. Um, the Having it actually proactively happen, like your example, is, is awesome. But sometimes you don't know or and you have to respond to the situation, but respond to those last three, not the first one. There's nothing worse that, yeah, maybe we'll talk about it. Come back and talk to me in a month or so. Sooner or later, a no answer is, uh, is, is uh, again, an answer that usually leads to someone leaving. Well, the humorous uh, side to this transfer was, so I put in a transfer. And I saw the boss of the station go talk to my boss as soon as I put it in. And my transfer was approved on a Wednesday night. It was my last night of evenings. And I was due back in on Monday night on midnights. And on Friday, I get a call from my brother who also worked in the same station. He goes, uh, you've been transferred. I go, no, I haven't. I thought he was giving me a heart. Like, he says, no, no, you have. So I went into the station and sure enough, I'd been transferred. So I grabbed my stuff drove down to the news station, dropped it off and reported there on Monday night. And it, it all happened within, I think, 18 days in total. But 
the sad part of that was I never got to say goodbye to my shift. It, I, I got transferred on our days off. But uh, yeah, my brother, I thought for sure he was pulling one on me because I told him I'd put in a transfer. And I thought, you know, my brother and I have a, a long running, uh, uh, long game of uh, jokes against each other. And uh, I thought he was pulling a fast one on me, but I had actually been transferred on my days off to this other station. So it was pretty funny. Mm -hmm. That's very fast. That usually doesn't happen that fast. <laughs> no, no, no. I think there was somebody that wanted to go from that station to the one I was at. So it happened pretty, pretty quickly. I think there was a bit of a lineup. So um, listen, we hope that some of what we have spoken about you find helpful. We hope that you didn't find anything we spoke of may, uh, you found offensive or made you angry. But uh, Greg, your philosophy. Yeah, the philosophy that we end each of our podcasts is uh, one in which I learned from a great coach. And that the best sessions, uh, the best coaching sessions, the best discussions that I have uh, usually create uh, both emotions of joy uh, after I recognizing something I'm doing well and moving ahead on something. And also some churn. If there's something that was said that maybe, maybe stirs in you a bit, makes you think that either something that you're maybe not doing as consistently as a leader or as an employee or maybe areas that you've stumbled and both are good. Uh, they both, as long as they both uh, end up uh, leading to learning and growth. So we always hope in our sessions that people leave with a little bit of joy and a little bit of churn. The key is what you do with it. And the hope is you'll take some of the insights and ideas that you've heard today uh, and uh, apply them as you become a better manager, a better team member, um, and grow in your life and career. That's awesome. I think there's uh, time for a bit of a call-out. Sure, sounds good. We're going to do a two call-out. One, Fontana, USA. I have no idea where it is, but welcome to the club. And what a cool name, Fontana. I like that. Yeah, I'm going to have to look it up. I, I didn't want to uh, appear to be disrespectful to you and, and look it up on my phone while you were talking, but uh, I will look it up later. And I think we have to call it to this Canadian uh, city because it's the first place I ever flew to on Porter Airlines. Ah. Thunder Bay. Thunder Bay. Ah. That's, uh, that is a great place up north. Welcome, Thunder Bay. That's awesome. I, I, my wife lived in Thunder Bay from the age of uh, two months to, uh, I think, two years. So, um, yeah. I love the people up there. I've probably flown up there probably 10 times anyways. And the people are lovely. And I think my funniest Thunder Bay story was myself and a colleague flew up there. And uh, somebody was coming to pick us up at the airport. So we're standing out front and I could see over my right shoulder there it looked like uh, an employee from the uh, uh, airport standing there. And she walked up and she opened up her hand and she says, here, you could probably use this. And what it was, was a token for the Toronto Transit Commission to get on a bus or a streetcar or the subway. And I go, how do you know I'm from Toronto? She goes, listen, love, you're from Toronto. <laughs> she can tell she can tell yeah you know what it's uh it's uh um it's also a beautiful country oh my Boy, goodness yeah it's just lovely a little cold in the winter a little cold in the winter but boy beautiful yeah and the people are great there i've always had a good time there so all right folks uh i think that's going to be it for us uh remember people matter take the time with the people you work with they are an important part of your job your success or your failure talk to you next time take care